It's the end route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to be part of the action? Want to be the newest member of the in crowd? You know what to do. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs on Fade Route Podcast on IG or hit that Twitter, FaderoutDNZ. Joining us on the in route today, we've got former World Bowl champion and member of New York Jets and Frankfurt Galaxy, Charles Besson. Charles, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. Awesome. Yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah, yeah you well, too, you... man. It's been a long time, Damien. Much love, my brother. My man. So, yeah, let's jump right into it. You know, the NFL draft is come and gone, so it's time for the grades. You know, who are your winners and who are your losers? You know, I, I, I'm from the Detroit area, so I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Uh, I was kind of underwhelmed with their draft. We got B, uh, a B grade overall. Um, but, but I don't know. I, just to jump right into it, I'm really excited. I, I'm calling the Jets and the Lions in the Super Bowl. That would, be, that would be wild. Were you upset to see DeAndre Swift go, man? I mean, he was such a horse. Yeah, you know, it's... It's weird how coaches and front office people shuffle things around. Uh, if you look at Swift in his first couple years in, in Detroit, he wasn't extremely durable, and he uh, he great running back, a great talent, um, but wasn't very durable. So he was coming up on a contract year, and then you know they they went and picked uh, that kid out of Alabama at twelve. Which was kind of shocking, but yeah, you know, yeah, we'll see who it is. And we and we had a great uh, free agent signing out of Chicago, really nice third down back, uh, athletic pass catcher. And you're happy. So, you're happy with Goff. You're happy with Goff as the quarterback. There. I mean, he's he's a game. He's a good game manager. He you, you saw he was able to do that with L.A. Uh, when he was the first overall draft pick. But uh, we got that kid out of Tennessee that blew his knee out that was a you know I'm, I'm terrible with names so I played offensive lines so it took a lot of headshots <laughs> uh, but I think the Lions picked up a nice quarterback late in the draft it's very athletic and um, he can learn and he's got you know he's pretty much they're very cost effective in their first three years uh, before they go into a contract year 100 yeah. and do you think they have enough especially since you know the jamison williams thing he's he's missing the first six games because of that gambling suspension yeah so you saw, are they going to be able to weather the storm there uh, that's great i think so i mean he didn't play at all last year right that jamison winston not very much yeah. uh he was coming off in the injury that we drafted a wide receiver too so you know I, I don't know i feel confident uh, with our offensive line, with our defensive line, that we'll be able to control the line of scrimmage. I love that linebacker out of Iowa that they took in the first round as well. Um, so I, I think the Lions are going to be very exciting, as well as the Jets. I mean, look at them. They had a big pickup today. What, Randall Cobb? Uh, yep. yep, he signed so them today. Smart thing to do. Someone who uh, is familiar with how Aaron Rodgers... Uh, plays the game and what his expect- expectations are. Yeah, that's really what was going to be my next question. You know, that was one of the big moves before the draft, the money before the, the draft. The Jets, you know, acquire Aaron Rodgers. Several pundits are putting the Jets in the driver's seat while others are more measured in their projections. But what are your expectations for Rodgers in New York? I think the New York Jets, uh, 
very talented team. I mean, would you guys won seven of eight of your first? You started off super hot. Uh, very talented young team. Um, like I said, I think the quarterback was the missing piece. And, you know, you, you rewind, what was it? You know, quite a long time ago, I retired from the NFL in 2008. In 2009, what New York signed Brett Favre. That's right. So I think it's a completely different situation with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. I think Aaron Rodgers is, is a much better talent and still has a lot more in the tank, whereas Brett Favre was at the end. And, and Brett Favre was just trying to get to Minnesota also. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but, you know, you were an undrafted free agent out of Western Michigan. The NFL has a rich history of undrafted free agents doing big things. What undrafted free agent moves caught your eye so far? And who do you think will have an, a greatest impact? Like, kind of tell me, like, you know, you were an un, unrestricted free agent. You were an undrafted free agent. Like, what what's going through... You know, what are they going through right now? How are you trying to figure out what team you're going to sign with? How, how are you going to figure out, like, what, what scheme works best for you? How could you get to OTAs, and how could you stand out? I, you know, I, every player that is considered on these lists, and, you know, I'm reading the list of, you know, the, 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 the draft mock of who the best undrafted free agents are. You know, if you have an opportunity to get into camp, um, even the late round picks, six and seven, they're not even a five, six, seven. They're not assured a roster spot. Um, so there's a lot of talent. It does, you know, these, these undrafted free agents uh, are very cost effective. Uh, they come in at the league minimum. Um, and like I said, they're going to work hard. Uh, my route uh, to the NFL, I started at Western Michigan as a walk-on. So it came from the bottom of the food chain up there. And then, uh, you know, took that mentality uh, my, through my whole career in football. You know, it's not like I was um, resentful, but you play with a chip on your shoulder. And, uh, you know, if you get an opportunity and you can do multiple things and you're humble and you're willing to play special teams, you got a chance. 100%. And you played two seasons for the Frankfurt Galaxy in NFL Europe and started 19 games, you won the World Bowl. So you had, you had quite the credentials there. But uh, what are some of your fondest memories of your time in that league on and I'm, off the field? I'm sure Damien's touched on that a bit. I mean, we were so fortunate to have... Uh, I played the last two years in NFL Europe, 2006-2007. Uh, I uh, was very fortunate to start at center and uh, as a long snapper and a team elected captain. Played with a lot of great people, a lot of great players from all over the country. And uh, we were able to put together a championship run. I mean, it, it's hard to win a championship at any level. Um, so we were extremely fortunate. Uh, just having the opportunity to go play and get film and NFL Europe was great. Um, the experience of a lifetime. And how, what was it difficult for you? You know, being away from home, being away from family, like you know, being in you know in Germany as opposed to <laughs> you know being you know across the pond in the you know like how did that mental toll? How did that uh, affect your game and affect you personally? You know, we, we had uh, training camp down in Tampa, all mm -hmm. uh, six NFL Europe teams. 
and you, you know it was a five-week training camp so it, you know doing that and then a you know a five-week nfl training camp but we started in tampa and then we ended up in 2006 was the world cup year so we started nfl europe a bit early we got over there in february and uh like i said i think the focus just like everybody it was an opportunity to to get film and to get exposure uh, it was it was four months away from your family and whatnot, but you know you, you kind of built that family with teammates and staff, and we we're a very close knit group. So um, incredible opportunity to travel and see the world, and uh, you know play some very high level football. Oh, well, definitely. Well, NFL Europe developed a lot of high caliber NFL players. They solid players like Brad Johnson, Jake DeLone. Yeah, great. Vinatieri. Like Kurt Warner, Vinatieri, Dante Hall. Yeah. So how important is this? How important is the idea of a developmental league to the overall success of the NFL? And how can these spring leagues that are popping up, your USFLs, your XFLs, but how can these spring leagues be a true developmental system like NFL Europe was? Well, you know, the, the cool thing is, is you know, these, these kids and these young men are getting opportunities to play. And they're playing against great competitors and great competition. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the USFL. I think the NFL is as well. I mean, it's not a threat to the NFL by any means. It's more so um, it it offers players that, you know, have proved themselves on film against professional players at a professional level. You know, so I think think it's needed. it's essential. Um, the game of football is, is extremely different from any other sport. If you talk about it from a film point, everything is broken down and watched from different angles and hundreds of times. So, the NFL coaches are the front office's eye. You, you never know. There's always going to be a spot for players like that. Definitely. And uh, we'll get you out of here on this one, Chuck. You're a diehard Red Wings fan, from what we know. It's been a while since Titletown's seen a cup, though. What do you think of the rebuild so far, and what can the Red Wings do to get back into the mix in the NHL? I just brought some hockey into it. I'm a huge hockey fan. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to grow up through uh, the 90s and the, the Red Wing dynasty. I was a I was a hockey fan before I played football. I started playing football in ninth grade. So, uh, hockey town, um, a lot's changed since the 24 straight years in the playoffs, making it to the playoffs. Uh, the thing I'm most excited about is Steve Eiserman, writing the ship, uh, doing the general manager. He proved himself in Tampa. Um, he, he set up that program, and then he came home to Detroit, and Tampa ends up winning a, a, a Stanley Cup. Um, I think the Red Wings are very young. We were borderline a playoff team this year. Um, so I, I don't know. We're really excited. If we can get the Lions and the Tigers and the Red Wings all on board, um, we're a very passionate sports city, just like New York. Uh, Detroit is starving for one. No, I, I, I'm with you on that. When the Pistons were the, you know, well, they were the last team to win a championship, right? So, yeah, I believe so, yes, 2004. Yeah, so it, it's been a while. So, you know, if it Detroit sure can get back on its feet, you know, like, I mean, I know the Tigers had their run, you know, getting to the World Series, but, uh, you know, 
the, the Motor City can definitely uh, use a little uh, a little jump in their in their game, so to speak. But yeah, uh, absolutely. Sun, yeah. And well, we'll see. You know. But Charles Bassant, thank you for coming on, brother. And do you have anything going on? Anything you wanna? Any events coming up? Any charities you wanna to uh, promote? Uh, now's the time. The floor is yours. No, 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 I appreciate it very much, and thank you guys for so much for having me on on the show. Um, we're doing something kind of special here in Michigan. I work in the cannabis industry, so I'm trying to connect former players uh, in the NFL that have used cannabis and had positive outcomes the uh, um, anti-inflammatory, not taking narcotics. Uh, and, and just, I think the research study for for plaque and CTE and, and head concussions, I think cannabis is gonna be a huge role player uh, in preventing uh, those terrible outcomes. So I work in the industry, I'm a, a firm believer in holistic medicine, natural medicines, um, and, and it uh, just provides the entourage effect, which is cannabinoids, flavonoids, and terpenes working in concert to provide relief. So that's just my little spiel. I'm passionate about what I do. If we can help people, uh, we all know that there's a huge opiate epidemic in this country and in sports specifically. So if we can do anything to uh, naturally heal and remedy these athletes, uh, the answer is cannabis. 100%. And you know what? The, that was a very, very well stated, very well stated, passionate plea. So, you know, Charles Bissett, thank you for coming on, brother. And if you want to get in on the action, if you want to be a member of the in crowd, hit us up, mail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at Podcast, or drop us a DM on Twitter at FaderoutDNZ. And you, yes, you can be the newest member of the in crowd. Charles Massant, thank you so much for joining the in route today. And we'll talk to you again soon, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys very much and uh, look forward to staying in touch and, and being a follower of your great of your great show. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at FaderoutDNZ. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.